Hello, everyone. Welcome to Well Well. My name is Jarrell. And I'm Rachel. So thanks for joining joining us for another episode of the podcast. Uh, today we have an interesting conversation. I think something that comes up a lot in communication and understanding people. Buzzfeed quizzes. Buzzfeed quizzes. Um, yeah, uh, often in dating profiles. You probably don't know that. Um, no. I, yeah. That, that would be a problem. Is that a dating profile thing? Yes. I realize we're talking about something and I've not actually told anyone listening what we're talking about. Yes. So, we so, <laughs> so what we're talking about is um, personality, but more specifically, extroversion and introversion. Which was a really big deal in grad school which do you remember why we all took the myers-briggs because i don't remember why we all took the myers-briggs but this was like a big thing you really don't remember why no should i remember why if i block this i mean this it's like not trauma. it's not a very like serious issue but the thing was they wanted us to like have experience of being subjects of the test if we hadn't been subjects did we take a class about this was this a class like a Assessment? Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. the, the course would have been assessment. Okay, that's fair. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so like obviously a lot of like counselor training programs want people to experience what it like what it's like to take those tests, what they mean, uh, how to interpret them, and like how to talk to clients about them. So we thought um, that it would be interesting for us to have a conversation about it because it's something that a lot of people talk about, and in my experience, not a lot of people know what it actually means. It's very big on the self-care meme circuit these days, where especially, oh yeah, oh yeah, like the signs of an introvert and like what you oh, want that's to true. actually do, or yeah, and I think that's definitely helpful because it's, um, which you know we'll talk more about this, but I think a lot of the personality traits have got gotten very stereotyped, and it's always mm-hmm. helpful to have the conversations between like. What is an extrovert actually? What is an introvert actually? And why it's important to think about why you don't always have to fit into this like bubble or description that a personality test gives you that Mm -hmm. it's fine to kind of float in between the categories sometimes. Yes. Um, So with that being said, uh, I think it'd be good to give people a little bit of background on the terms. um, And, you know, there's been a long time since I had any foundational psychology, history, 101 sort of stuff. So the the history behind all these terms are very complicated and layered, but I will say that the terms introversion and extroversion were, have thought to have been coined by Carl Jung, who um, was a psychologist, apparently was also into astrology. Um, and he used the terms to describe not how people are per se, like if someone's like shy or not, it's not really what it means, but more so that, you know, introverts tend to, I guess, well, let me backtrack a little bit. It's about focus. It's about a a person's focus. So introverts tend to be focused and have a really complex inner world. So, you know, they rely on information that happens internally. Um, they could still be sociable and outgoing, um, but their focus is on their own energy and sort of the management of that. For extroverts, uh, they orient their energy more outward. Um, so introverts, introverts really gain 
energy from recharging. Um, so sometimes they need extra space to rest and recharge after spending time with people, even if they like them. And extroverts get energy and gain energy from other people um, more so than introverts do and tend to be sad, fatigued if they don't have that connection with people. And the problem with putting yourself into boxes like this, like I remember when we did take the Myers-Briggs in grad school, which now I remember is in assessments, thank you, is that everybody got very big into like which category they fell into. And it was a whole like, oh, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert, I'm this, I'm that. When I'm pretty sure that most people listening, when you hear Jarrell read the description, are like, well, that's me in both cases. Right. Because I don't know a lot of people who even if they consider themselves like more reserved or shy or, you know, internally focused, like a lot of people I think describe introverts, I'm pretty sure that isn't also a person who doesn't ever want to see people or wouldn't be really sad if like they didn't have human interaction for a while. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that is nice to be able to feel like, oh, you know, just because I need to be more social than other people in my life, or I need to be less social than other people in my life, for example, that it's not, there's something wrong with me, that there's actually like a term for me and Mm -hmm. a description and an understanding. But I think it also can be very limiting if you think of it just in terms of one category, because usually people are more complicated than that. Yeah. So we have phrases that are supposed to describe introverts and extroverts. And for the record, um, I, on my wonderful Myers-Briggs assessment, scored to be an extrovert, but I will say by not by much, um, whereas, Drill, I believe you are a uh, very strong I. Well, yeah, so I'll say, so I took the Myers-Briggs in grad school, um, but I've also taken it several other times throughout my life. I feel like I've taken it um, recently in the past, but... And, yeah. and so I've always gotten really strong on the I. So I'm a pretty extreme... I and my actual four-letter Myers-Briggs um, personality trait is among the most rare. So just for a little bit of context. So, um, so before we get into those statements, I also want to say that the thing about the definition that was helpful for me, especially growing up, was, and this I think part of the reason why I had this knowledge of it is because I, I knew I was an introverted. A kid but didn't know what that meant and so having the language to say like oh this is what this means and what this actually means about how I engage with the world was really helpful because a lot of people were telling me that I was shy or reserved or you know sensitive and these sorts of things and I'm like oh but some of those things were true uh, some of them were less true and it just helped me understand how uh like how my personality works and what my needs are. So I was better able to say like, okay, this is what I need now. Like I had some uh, structure to kind of understand myself better. And so that's why it was most helpful for me. And so I think that as a starting point is like a healthy thing. Yeah, it sounds very similar to when people who go through a lot of medical issues and, you know, an ongoing mm-hmm. thing and have a bunch of tests and can't figure it out mm-hmm. and then finally get a diagnosis and they're like, oh, thank God, like mm-hmm. I feel so relieved. And it's not because, you know, whatever symptoms they're experiencing have magically gone away, but because I now understand this. Yes. I have a framework for which to help myself 
and to explain this to people in my life and to understand what's happening to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we found some statements, which I don't know how much we necessarily agree with all of them. I don't I, like, I'm rereading them and I'm mad about it. I know. So. I was like, I think Rachel's not too happy about them. Um, so do you want to read the introvert ones and I'll read the extrovert ones? Oh, we're going to Yeah, to switch it up a little bit. All right. So I'm going to change the eyes to you. No, you should say it I. But it's not me. I'm I not in that category. Myers and Briggs says no. <laughs> okay, so, fine. Are, are those people? Are those Yes. Two, they yeah. are two different people? Yes. Oh, okay. Isabel Myers. I forgot who Briggs was. You have all this random knowledge. Well, it was also when I looked it up. I oh. remembered her first name. Okay, so that's cheating. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to change the eyes to you because okay. I'm talking about you. Okay, sure. You are seen as reflective or reserved. Mm-hmm. You feel comfortable being alone and like things you can do on your own. Sure. You prefer to know just a few people well. Absolutely. You, <laughs> that was a strong one. Yep. You sometimes spend too much time reflecting and don't move into action quickly enough. What do you think? Yes, that is absolutely <laughs> true. You ask Sherelle if he'd like to go to lunch, and he'll take five hours to respond. It's also true. Also while reflecting upon, like, what is lunch? Is lunch meaningful to me? That's right. How I feel about That's lunch. How my, like, it's a sandwich. How my brain works. Yep. You sometimes forget to check with the outside world to see if your ideas really fit the experience. Yes. That one's iffy. That is like, iffy. That makes you sound like you're delusional. <laughs> right. <around>. Well, <laughs> and also sometimes I just don't care what the world thinks. Right. There's also that. Like, why do you, why do you need to have your ideas fit the outside? Like, if you feel how you feel, like, right. who cares? Exactly. So, you all right. You have a last strong reaction to some of the ones that you're going to read for me, I feel like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. So these are supposedly things that an extrovert might say um, or might be. So you are seen as outgoing or as a people person? Um, probably in some. Yeah, it's definitely in some situations. Yeah. You feel comfortable in groups and like working in them? What kind of group? <laughs> I was like, I knew there was going to be some questions here. Who is in this group? <laughs> what are we doing? What's it for? What's happening? Um you have a wide range of friends and know lots of people. So I would, and this, and I'll put a disclaimer on this, and I don't know if my... <laughs> I'm side-eyeing right now because I'm waiting. Yeah, if my aversion to some of these statements come from the fact that I am more borderline and less of a strong E and more of the fact that I just am a contrary person sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, yes, mm-hmm. but it, I would challenge someone's definition of friends because I absolutely put a hard line on people that I appreciate and care about, but then like my people. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, But you, you know, like eight times the amount of people that I do. You're not a good gauge, but I am because I'm a real strong introvert. That's fair. Right. So, um, you sometimes jump too quickly into an activity and don't allow enough time to think it over. I feel like you're going to say that that's true, but I also feel no. like, no, yeah, no. like I'm like a very thoughtful person. You just think quickly. Yeah. <laughs> should just be done quickly. I have a process. It just happens very fast. It happens fast. very quickly. Right. Yes. No, I would definitely say that. Um, before you start a project, you sometimes forget to stop and get clear on what you want to do and why. No, like I'm offended by this. <laughs> Like the statement is offensive. Horribly offensive. And like, no, I will never forget why I'm doing something or I'm never like aimlessly wandering through my day. Like, this is not an extrovert versus introvert thing. I feel like this is just like offending my organizational skills right now. Uh-huh. Um, 
yeah, yeah. I remember reading that the first time and I was like, no, I wanted to like craft a rebuttal to who, this unknown person who wrote this and explain to them point by point why that is in fact wrong. And then that's extra. Yeah. So I didn't. So here's what's interesting about this part so far is that, so you are, and I'm going to drop in a new term, um, more of an ambivert, which Did you just make that up. That's no, a thing. it's a thing. Right, that's a thing. Right. So sidebar, ambiverts are people who kind of have qualities of both, which everyone does. So there's that. But it really just speaking to the experience of someone who's more sort of like in the middle, like if introversion is extreme on one end, extroversion is extreme on the other end, an ambivert is going to be really hovering in the middle. So you are closer to an ambivert. Um, Therefore, it makes sense that you had more problems with the statements than I did. Right. Yeah. And I think this also speaks to why people just tend to be more complicated than labels or personality characteristics or groups or whatever you want to call it. Because so as you're saying that, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if so I grew up an only child. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if a lot of the things like I think one of the main things that I'm remembering back to when I'm taking this test that characterizes me more on the introvert, like where I, as I fall kind of in the middle is the fact that like, I need to have recharge time that does not include other people. Like Mm -hmm. part of a big part of the reason why I'm able to stay married is that my husband respects quiet time Mm. and alone time. And he has seen my reaction sometimes when I come in the door and he's got, he does very well with this where he waits for me to like put my bag down and take my coat off and is not like bombarding me as I come through the door. <laughs> like not that I am not super excited to see him, but that's just very jarring to me to be, to have someone be like, ah, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. It's like the sex in the city episode where you have no reference nope. for this draw. Nope. I hope other people have better taste in TV shows than do. Oh, stop. Yep. Where, you know, Carrie briefly moves in with Aiden, which should not have happened. I was team survey <laughs> from the beginning, but that's a different. I know who Aiden is. Good. Jason Lewis? You no. don't know his name. Is that my name? No. No? No. Jason Lewis was Smith Jarn. Oh, that's Aiden right. Yeah, you're right. My bad. The guy who was in the See, big factory. This is why I, I step into territory I don't know anything about. Anyway. I retract my statement. Where it's like she walks in, and I'm, I'm ignoring that. And she walks in, and he's like, where you been? How are you doing? What you been doing? And she's like, holy crap, please stop talking to me. Yeah, I'm on that side. And I wonder if that's about a personality trait of like, oh, you're actually a little introvert or more the Mm -hmm. fact that that's how I grew up in the sense of like, I always had my own space and no Mm -hmm. one was like, oh, I didn't come home to chaos. And so is that like a thing where that's like inherent in who I am or is that an environmental thing? And so it's like, you can't just be defining yourself based on whatever this thing says and being like, oh, I don't fit in this box. I don't fit in this box. There must be something wrong with me. But like, actually, you're much more complicated than that. Yeah. So for people to walk around being like, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert, and then have people assume what that means, it's like right. very rarely is a person a very clean descriptor of any type of group or label or personality trait. Yeah. So I think that brings us to this like idea of like misconceptions and like truths. Um, so maybe I'll start with one. And that, which is, I think is the most common, is that most people think that introverts are shy. So I guess it also means that we have to define what shy means, right? And so shy is, um, 
is actually most connected to like social anxiety. So shy is like a real, a fear of judgment of uh, other people's perceptions. So you think that people are going to think you're weird or unattractive or, you know, whatever the uh, trait is, is that there's that preoccupation with what people are going to think about you. Um, and so there's the, there's the myth that introverts are, are shy people. And so for me, I can say that there was definitely a time in my life where I was shy. Um, and I've always been an introvert, but now I'm far less shy, um, and still an introvert. So those two things don't necessarily go together because even though I am more of an observer in social settings. I'm more reserved. So I don't necessarily jump into conversations very quickly. Um, I'm also not scared of people. Like I'm not worried about like, oh, are they gonna think that like I'm a doofus or that like I just said this really stupid thing. Um, That's really about like confidence and these other things more than it is about introversion, right? Is Is that something that you hear about introverts? Yeah, I think that, right, it's like the idea that, you know, people confuse introverts and, like, social anxiety, mm-hmm. and those are two very different things. It's it's not that necessarily, like, introverts don't like to socialize, or people who are introverted don't like to socialize, right. It's or have a hard time doing it, and mm-hmm. sometimes they just don't want to. Right. And, which, again, is kind of crazy, because I hope, and I guess if it's not something that you ever get tired of, we can have a different conversation about boundaries, but I mm. hope it's something that everybody feels at some point that they're like, I just need some me time right now. Right. And I think it's just a matter of a continuum. Yeah. Like some people, yeah. it takes more energy to do something than it does for somebody else. And that's very true. Mm-hmm. Like people just have different energy levels for different things mm-hmm. where, you know, there are people who can sit and watch movies and television shows for like hours on hours. And I'm like, oh my please just like that is a slow form of torture make it stop (laughs) and other people are very much on board with that that that's what they enjoy doing so i think it's just the same amount of energy with anything else it's like this is just implies um it applies to socialization as opposed to like a particular activity yeah and yeah now so just to piggyback off of that i think that there's like you said there's the misconception that introverts don't like people right Right. Which is not true. Like, I love people. I talk to people all day, most days. Um, I really am interested in people's lives and how they work and all these sort of things. But I think the difference between introverts and extroverts is that, as Rachel was talking about, like the continuum, like I need a lot more time to recharge than someone who's extroverted. So it doesn't matter how much I love, like spending time with friends or other people I care about it it still takes a lot of energy out of me. So I need more time to recharge um, than someone who's more extroverted than I am. Yeah. And I think it also falls in line too, with like what type of socialization you like. For sure. And I think when you think, um, when somebody pictures a really stereotypical extrovert, you're thinking of the life of the party, you know, social butterfly. I can't think of another cliche that describes mm-hmm. a social person. Like gregarious. Yeah, that of. they're just kind of bouncing around to everybody. They're making right. people feel friendly. And that doesn't have to be the only way you're extroverted. It's just that yeah. might be something that that person really enjoys doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I consider myself 
somebody who does fall on, obviously on the extroverted side in the sense of that I do get a lot of energy from socializing mm-hmm. with people, but in very specific manners, like I don't like the small talk kind of, you know, mingling type of feel. I want to talk to people that I have a connection with mm-hmm. or that I'm really interested in their story or that we have something in common or we're talking about a topic that's meaningful to both of us. Small talk like hurts me sometimes. And it's not that in those situations of, again, socialization, it's just like, I want socialization that feels meaningful. And, you know, kind of going to the idea that we don't all fit into categories and sometimes different things influence it, is that that is just something that for me generally is very big. Like, I want things to be meaningful. I want things to be purposeful. I want things to be emotionally loaded Mm -hmm. for me. I don't want things to feel light and casual that often. That's just not usually something like I gravitate towards. Like, I don't watch... TV shows just to see what's on. Like I will watch the same television show over and over again for 20 years because (laughs) it's meaningful to me. Whereas Mm -hmm. other people might just want to explore a bunch of different things. But I think it's that it's like, that's what small talk is to me. And it's not a thing where it like makes me um, feel like I can't do it or feel self-conscious. It's just, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and that's a typical introvert quality too. So that's part of your ambivert stuff because it almost physically pains me to do small talk, even though I'm fairly adept at it because like life has taught me that there are certain situations you have to just like do small talk. So I've kind of accepted that, but yeah, it's just like, I want to be, I saw there was like a meme that I came across like a long time ago. It pops up every now and then that is like, I, I want to talk about like, I don't know, really deep things. I want to talk about like aliens and the cosmos and like why you did this thing in the fifth grade and not so much like what you had for lunch yesterday. Like, I don't care, you know? (laughs) So that's a very extreme kind of like perspective, but like I'm more on that end too about meaning. Right. And I'm thinking like, because even as you said that, like when you're talking, when you mentioned like the aliens and the cosmos, I'm like, oh my God, why? (laughs) Because it's like, that is not purposeful to me in the sense of like unless it's really meaningful with someone I care about right but it's like conversations like that even small talk like you know when you cat I hate catching up with people mm. one of my least favorite things ever because catching up is small talk it's just with someone you know yes and so that even I'm not a fan of it's like yeah you know obviously you might have stories and things like that where you haven't shared with the person because you haven't seen them and like that's fine but it's the idea of like how's work How's the family? What's it's just like? Oh my god! It's like, do you are you just going through a checklist, or do you genuinely care? Mm. And I think that would be very much something where it's like, oh, that's introverted because you're not happy with the socialization. And I'm like, is that extrovert versus introvert, or is that just like a preference for something completely different? Mm. And just speaks to the idea of like you are more than a label, even though we've gotten very big on, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't like parties or I'm an extrovert. Mm. Like I want to talk all the time. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not people. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. And I think it's funny. I I think uh, obviously people listening know this, but the one caveat to this conversation is that we're also both therapists. Yeah. So like meaning is super important to us. Right. So when we have conversations with people, they, they need to feel meaningful. So like, because that's a lot of what we do is make meaning out of experiences, out of feelings and all these sort of things. So I think we're probably a bit more extreme on the meaning aspect of all that, right? Right. 
yeah, it's just it's interesting to think about. Yeah, and I think the one way we've been kind of bashing the label thing for a little while, but I think yeah. the one way it helps is that just very similarly to like what you're all said in the beginning is that it helps you understand yourself, but I think it also can help you understand other people. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I say all the time that I had to really get used to, and we've already mm -hmm. kind of alluded to this where I made a snarky comment, is that if you ask Cheryl to do something, barring like very few things, it's a very deep thought process that is involved and sometimes takes days. And as we mentioned earlier, I tend to do things quickly. So I want to decide like what my dinner plans are for Saturday. And then I want to move on with my life. Like I don't want to talk about dinner on Saturday anymore until I'm having dinner on Saturday. That is a huge adjustment <laughs> because I'm like sitting there like waiting. Okay. Like I don't know what I'm doing because somebody needs to like sit and process for days and years and decades at a time. Like wow. whether or not they want to eat. Yep. Yikes. But I think in the beginning, when you're not used to somebody doing that or where you don't understand where it's coming from, that's very easy to get annoyed mm. at mm -hmm. and not in the sense of like, you know, hurry up, as I kind of say like a little jokingly, mm -hmm. but in the sense of like you feel it can also really come off as like, oh, this person doesn't really want to hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And then you're annoyed and hurt and frustrated and all kinds of things. And mm -hmm. then it damages your relationship with the person. But at the same time, having that label and having that conceptualization can help you say, oh, this isn't me, this isn't me or this isn't them. This is just their process. Mm -hmm. And it just helps you understand the people in your life to be able to meet them where they are to some extent. Yeah. And to be able to kind of help them feel comfortable and that you're not always butting heads in that case. Right. And I think the the inverse is true too, is that like if, you know, there's something that like you're actually really excited about or that you want to do. And so like, and you're like, oh, let's, like, let's do this. Like, I want to, like, this should happen, blah, blah, blah. This will happen on this date. Mm -hmm. It can feel like overwhelming. So I'm like, oh, like why, why must it, why do I have to decide this now? I, why, like, why is this happening? And then there's pre it creates pressure. And so like, again, it's like, if you can understand that where a person is coming from, then you can obviously have a bit of compassion and you can move through a, a solution to find like a, a place of compromise if you really do understand each other. Yeah. And I think right. you can push people in a way that they would benefit from being pushed as well. Right. Is that right. a lot of times and what happens with these things is that we say, oh, well, this is how I am. Okay, great. That's your natural tendency. But that also doesn't mean that that's the best version of you necessarily or mm -hmm. that you don't need to be challenged in certain areas. Right. So, you know, in addition to picking on Darrell, I will pick on my husband who is definitely, and I actually think that once we used to work together and I made him take the test once. And so this is how I know he was, he's an I. Also, it just makes well, a, also, a lot of sense. Well, also, hello. Like, oh, he's not, <laughs> he, he has a lot of people. Right. Um, but <laughs> is that he causes me to chill. Where mm -hmm. is to say that that might not be the more natural thing, for lack of a better word, that mm -hmm. I'm used to. It is helpful to me to sit down. Mm -hmm. Whereas my natural tendency would be to do something all the time. Whereas he's like, no, like it's fine. And has invited me either like directly or indirectly to activities that involve me just sitting. And it's super beneficial. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, 
you know, I'm sure, I hope a lot of you like more extroverted people now feel bad for me that like two of the people I spent the most time with, like, yeah, don't such a horrible experience you have. Yeah, they're just like slow decision makers. <laughs> I don't want to leave the house, which is awful. Um, but is that I am going to, you know, give myself credit and say that I think I also do the opposite for them and to say like, no, mm. no, no, we, we are leaving the house today. Like we mm -hmm. are going to do this thing that it's fine, it's not that serious, like you don't have to process it, like it'll, it's a couple hours, you're good, like they'll right. just go. Right. Um, and I think you can balance people out because, you know, like I said, people get into the tendency to say, well, this is just how I am. Like, okay, cool, but you can still grow as a person, right? Like mm -hmm. other people have things to teach you and ways to challenge you yeah. that might open you up to new experiences and, you know, a new way of being that you hadn't thought of before. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think extroverts are really good or can be good at activating introverts more and then like getting them to do things, getting them to like think and process less sometimes. And I think that, you know, introverts have the ability to like bring in a little bit of like, I mean, you're kind of an outlier because you're very like thoughtful and methodical anyway, but I think generally introverts really do help people kind of slow down and consider like the depth of things. And, and sometimes that slowing down is really helpful, you know? And so you can see how very easily in relationships, there could be the potential to like butt heads very easily or, and, you know, create some opportunities for real understanding right? Between like these different kinds of people or these different personality traits. Yeah. And so I think getting the understanding and, you know, understanding what the other person needs and wants and like where their boundaries lie and where it's okay to push them. It also mm -hmm. gives you the opportunity to give them feedback um, and allow the space for them to have you see yourself in ways like you haven't seen in the past. Right. And that also helps you grow like the, right best example that I feel like I tell the story often because it was like mind blowing to me mm. is that at one point you probably don't even remember this, mm. but Gerald gave me feedback about like, Oh, sometimes you get very wrapped up in decisions that don't actually matter mm. because I am somebody who, you know, I want to make decisions quickly. And so I'll go back and forth about something. And there are people who are like the, and, I don't know why this is such a big deal. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I don't, I don't see this. This is not a thing that happens. And probably like three ish days later, we were trying to make dinner reservations. And I realized like, this uh, sounds like all we do is eat, which is true. But I was like, not untrue. Not untrue. That's right. true. Um, and I had a whole spiel about why I couldn't decide between going to dinner at seven versus seven thirty. Right. And it was this very long, like paragraph text with all the pros and cons of seven versus seven thirty, And he's like, yeah, okay. So this, Oh, like if you don't leave me alone with this conversation right now, I was like, Oh, I understand right. because in my world, seven versus seven thirty was like this huge life altering decision. Yeah. And like in anyone else's perspective, it's a freaking half an hour. Like right. what, what are we doing? Right. But it's the ability to be able to, accept and take in that feedback from other people, mm. which I think comes from the ability to understand the other person. And I think yeah. this is just something that's, you know, extroversion, introversion is talked about so often mm -hmm. that it's just a good starting point to understand people in your life. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think obviously we've been talking about it in the context of like personal relationships. Um, 
have you ever thought about this or seen experience the impact of this at work? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I work with you. So well, speaking, I mean also in the past, which like, was also partly with me as well, but besides right, that, besides, right. Yeah. No, I actually, I was going to give an example, but this is a better one. So even before, like long before Viva started, um, Drill and I were case managers together and speaking of like things being done efficiently and quickly, like I would finish my work and we worked the same schedule and we had desks right next to each other, which was not intentional. Right. And he would not be as quickly done as I was. And I would sit there and I apparently, I think I'm very quiet and respectful, but apparently I made a lot of noise like with pens on my desk yes. and would like move things around and I don't sit still well. And apparently this was super disruptive. I don't know why, mm. but, and yeah. And I think that was definitely something where I'm like getting frustrated because I'm like, I am so bored. I am losing my mind. And he's like, my God, shut up with the <laughs> pen on the desk. Right. And I think it's definitely something that in a working environment, like you have to manage with other people, especially there are people, I think offices are big with the sense of like, if you have your own office that people come in and some people knock and some people like fling the door open and they're like, I'm here. Right. Whereas if you're somebody who is very scheduled and like task oriented, like for this hour, I'm doing this. And then that means I don't have time to talk to somebody if they come in and interrupt me. Somebody flinging the door open is probably really disruptive and very invasive to you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the ways I thought about it is my first job out of grad school was also an open concept like work environment. Okay, so your first job out of grad school. I mean, it's also yours, but I'm speaking from my perspective. Um, And that was just like so difficult for me to get used to because I I actually am sensitive and not necessarily in just the emotional way, but also in the sense way. So like I pick up on noises, smells, sounds, and it becomes very disruptive for me. So if someone was talking on the phone a few cubicles down, I'd find it really hard to tune them out. If someone was eating horrible, nasty cucumbers across the, you know, on the other cubicle, I'd smell it and it'd be very disruptive. I ha- have a hard time ignoring it. Because Joel is part one. <laughs> Who smells cucumbers? They have Seriously. a smell. Listen. Can you like find us on social media or something if you also can smell cucumbers from across a large room? Hashtag like, smell needs, cucumbers. There needs to be like somebody else, but I don't believe that there is. Also, but here's the thing. It also, you say it like a large room. The person who had him was literally like Behind feet away. Behind a wall. A cubicle wall. So there was a wall. wall. There was a wall. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, cucumbers. So, yeah. They have a very distinct smell. So there's that. Um, and I hate them, but that's, you know, a story for another day. Um, but yeah, so it's like, and now open work spaces are like all the rage and they're like an introvert's hell because you're, you know, subjected to all of that stimuli and there is nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Which is really funny because I have issues with open office spaces, which we don't have to worry about anymore, but because I am very big on like my space being in the order in which I want it to be in and not having you know, other people kind of disrupt that. Like I'm fine with human interaction. I work with the TV on. I always studied with the TV on. Like, please, like have all the stimuli around me because I like that feel. 
but somebody like sits in my chair and rearranges the pens on my desk, like I'm losing my mind. So what I think that that just speaks to, it's not even just about direct socialization, but rather just like your own boundaries and what feels safe and comfortable to you and kind of how other people respect that. Because I think that relates to it also. I think people higher on the extrovert scale are definitely more like in your face because that's how they interact, that they're just like, yeah, we share everything like here, you know, use my stuff, use my computer, whatever. And somebody more on the introverted side might be like, no, no, this is, this is my space. This is my sanctuary type of feel like, please do not come in unannounced. Mm -hmm. And I really thought you were going to say the issue with the open office plan was that someone stole your lunch and threw it in the trash. When I tell you, when I saw the unopened pack of goldfish, also, yes, I was grown and eating goldfish. Get over it. I was so angry. So. A former coworker stole Jarrell's lunch just to throw it away. So for normal people, that's probably just like, holy crap, how is someone doing that? Like, why is a human being throwing away someone's lunch? But if you now take the context of that, like, this is this introverted person who's already uncomfortable in the open office space, and now his right. food is being thrown in the car. I have to tolerate hearing all your voices and dealing with all the ridiculous things that you're doing, and then you're going to throw away my lunch. For no reason. Also, I'm pretty sure Rachel was the intended target. Which but. is just, <laughs> um, just a conspiracy theory. I mm. did nothing wrong. No, but I was, you know that I was much more like, I don't know if like nicer was a word. That's probably incorrect. But I was definitely perceived as much like nicer then. Yeah, you're quiet. Right. You don't say much. I see. Right. So like people don't know that I hate them. Right. So there's that which I'm pretty sure the person I know who did it and they were terrible. Yeah. Person, if you, if you know, we're talking about you, <laughs> for whatever reason you're listening, like we still remember that you threw away lunch. Right. What was it? Like this is eight years later now. This is how impactful this was. We're still talking about this nearly a decade later. So you know who you are and Jarrell is still issued and it needs to be issued an apology. Yep. And if you actually meant to steal my lunch, I want an apology. <laughs> Give me my goldfish back. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting to think about, like, the different ways that people communicate, right, and how difficult some things are, how easier some things are based on, like, these personality traits that you have. And obviously, we've only talked about basically one continuum, but two different traits. But, man, there are so many you know, different ways to think about this, to think about how you interact and communicate with people. And I don't know, I I hope that at least most of our conversation has been helpful in thinking about some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as kind of a closing note is that I would encourage people to ask themselves, how can they think about personality traits of people in their lives as less about being personal to the interaction, like in the sense of that if somebody, you know, says, oh, you know, I don't really feel like going to this thing with you, that maybe it's not about you. And maybe it's just about how they're experiencing the event or how they're experiencing Mm -hmm. the world. And it's always a good idea to ask, right? you know, to just say like, hey, like, why don't you like certain things like this? Like, why is this a problem rather than just being like, oh, you know, they just, you know, they're lame. They don't like this thing. 
or even just if you notice different traits of like people who are like, yeah, you know, I gotta be alone or like, I need my downtime is just thinking about like, how can you support that in them? Yeah. Because ironically, when you support them and what they need, they're also probably more likely to come to your side more often. For sure. Um, and so, and yeah, just kind of being open to how you can think about, you know, how different people experience the world and the idea of that even something that you see is so true, somebody else might see it as just completely different. And how does that apply to anybody in your life that you care about? Yeah. And I would also say, and I'm, I meant to say this earlier, is that so the despite the population being split pretty 50-50 on introversion and extroversion, the world operates as if everyone is extroverted. And so there's an expectation to always talk to people, to say hi to everyone, to engage in small talk, to do all these things that are you know, more difficult for introverts. And for me, that was really um, helpful to understand that like there was nothing wrong with me if I didn't want to talk, <laughs> if I didn't have anything to say then like that was fine. And that's a function of the pressure from the environment. That's not necessarily something that's wrong with me. And so I think, um, you know, there are some books and some resources that I was thinking about as we were preparing this episode and I will post them, we'll post them, you know, in the uh, details of the episode so that maybe you can check out some things. One of them was a book called Quiet, which I think is called Quiet, The Secret Power of Introverts. Right. And it was just tremendous in helping me understand what it really meant to be an introvert and like what's great about that, because you don't hear that talked about often, especially for men. So, um, yeah, so hopefully we'll share some resources with you, too. Uh, Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I just think to similar to what you said is just own own what you need, you know, to share with friends and family what makes you comfortable and what doesn't, you know, be open with that. And you don't need to fit a certain mold just because like, you know, Gerald said that the world operates as if people are extroverts. Like if you need time, take the time. If you need, you know, more stimulation because the room is just entirely too quiet. Right. Like say that. Right. It's okay to be who you are both in this and globally also. Absolutely. So I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, thank you all for listening. We hope that you enjoy the next episode of Well, Well Soon, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.